Hey, what's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 56, Heather Evans. So, 56 episodes, and I haven't had Heather Evans on, and I'm not sure why the hell I haven't. Her and I are great friends. We've worked on so many songs together. So many of those songs have been placed. Hands down, one of the best collaborations I've ever uh, experienced, and... Here we are, 56 episodes later, I'm like, hey, you should be on the podcast. Uh, to me, Heather defies so many myths about music and an artistry career and what people think it should look like. She is the opposite, and that's what I love about her. I love her passion for music, her passion for helping others, but also her story of how she's gotten here and how she's faced really tough decisions, really tough life circumstances head on. She hasn't allowed those things to define her. Instead, she's chosen to keep on moving forward, making the music that she loves, always chasing after the next thing. So I'm excited to get into it. And so before we do, listen at the end of the episode because we are announcing something really, really amazing and you'll want to listen. So let's head on in to episode number 56, Heather Evans. Heather, hype me up. Hello, how are you? <laughs> how about that as an intro? Just like, hello, how are you? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing... How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. I'm excited to be here on the podcast officially. This is so much fun. And, and it's like, I'm not sure why I haven't had you on sooner. But that's the thing. I'm like, I haven't had Heather on the podcast. Why not? Because we've done a lot of songs and we've worked a we lot. We have done so many songs. How many songs? We're too songs? busy cranking out songs that we don't have time to podcast. You we've done at about? least more than ah! 10. We've done more than 10 at, at least. At least 10 because we did all those Christmas songs mm. together. That's right. So it's just like, what's interesting, I'm glad to have you here because a lot of the times then when I'm doing interviews, we talk about the perspective of like, producer or you know i've had licensors publishers and occasionally a few a few artists but like you, what i love about your story is you kill all the myths that i feel a lot of people assume oh i this is why i can't do music like oh <laughs> uh, if i have a family i can't do music you you oh. destroy that i need to live in a music city you destroy that uh you know what i need to be super famous before i can get any of my music heard or on tv you destroy that um, destroyed that it's impossible to network it's crazy right now it's been a pandemic and a half it's it's just that the music industry is too all those things those all sound like really good excuses i think that that's the thing too it's like that's what they are but you do the opposite you've and I want to get into all that, but like, I'd love to know what, did you ever fall victim to some of those prior to? Oh, Mike, yes, a hundred percent. And even in the time that we've been working together, I've had to fight against my inner critic and fight against even the flow of what culture like tells you as a musician that you can't make a living being a musician whatever i don't know you have to be a certain age to yeah. make it in music all that i believe that is... one that was the age thing i thought for some reason yeah. 30 was the cutoff Me i don't too. know i think we had a conversation about that i don't know why 30 i don't know nobody yeah. gave it to me i just i guess assumed it it totally i actually wrote a song when i turned 30 about how i was sad that i was turning 30 <laughs> 
because I thought my life was over or something. Yeah. Or I should have had my life more figured out at that point. But we're always learning and growing. And yeah. if you're not learning and growing, you know, you got to re-examine something in your in your life. You yeah. know? You're going to forever be learning and growing. It doesn't stop at a certain age. It, and it's like sometimes we believe those myths for the sake of like somebody told us or it's just like we believe a false narrative or a mirage that doesn't really exist. But like right. uh, that's our form of just like, well, if it doesn't reach a certain age, I thought it was a band. What, what got you into songwriting and also the idea of how did you land? I know you had one of your first placements pretty early on. Yes. And there was this pause where you kind of just like stopped for a little bit. Yep. Yeah, so my story is, it starts when I was in third grade, and I had, like, I was writing poetry at the time, and my third grade teacher, Mrs. Price, like, encouraged me in my poetry, and she was like, Heather, you write really good poems, and she actually entered one of my poetry entries or whatever into a contest, and it won, and in third grade, like, that's so cool. And that put something in me that I just like kept journals of poetry growing up. And when I was 12, I started playing guitar and I realized, oh, I could turn these journals of poetry into songs. And instead of writing just poetry, I started making them into songs. And I was listening to artists like, you're going to judge me and I'm not. I don't care. Like Michelle Branch, uh, Vanessa Carlton, Avril Lavigne. Those were my like homegirls. Here's and the I was thing. Like, I want to be them when I grow I up. love Avril's new album that came out. It's amazing. Right? I, she's still crushing it. She's still crushing it. Like that entire album's amazing. Michelle Branch, like freaking Judy Stakey. She's still doing she, it. She too. signed she signed Michelle Branch to her deal. She like mentored. Wow. So like she's told me about so it's like all of those I love, but those were but those are also two very powerful artists that are Yes. They make it their own and they're not looking to on the, they're not looking to apologize for who they are or what they write about. I love it's it. Just like they exactly just own it. Yeah, they're very authentic to themselves. And so at a, at, at a young age, I'm like, I want to be an artist when I grow up. And my dad for my 15th birthday got me studio time. And he literally got me studio time just to listen to my songs in the car, which I think is the cutest thing and so supportive as a dad. And I recorded in this studio like high quality recordings and they're like, you should just keep recording here. You're really good. And so by 17, I had a full length album. Some of those songs they pitched to TV and film. And yeah. uh, two of the songs ended up being on MTV's Laguna Beach, which <laughs> at 18 years old, here I am. I've got songs on Laguna Beach. Yeah. People are messaging me. You know how like so back in the day. You have to wait till the end credits to find out who the artist is on the show. They would wait, find out who I was, look me up, scour the internet, email me. And it was like the craziest thing. And I was selling all these CDs at a young age. And so I saw the effect of just the promotional value of getting your songs on TV shows at a young age. And that like sparked a light in me and I knew this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. You know, I don't really want to go on tour or whatever. That wasn't really ever a thing for me, but I knew I'm a good songwriter. Like I can pour into that and do that. 
So that was kind of the start. And I got some other songs on like South of Nowhere and a Nickelodeon teen channel show. Um, And same thing happened with that, too. People were finding me. There was like a bunch of fan made videos of some of my songs. It's hilarious. That's amazing. I know. That's that's also, too, like the idea of, oh, I'm just going to record some songs. And they were like, you should keep on doing it. And you're like, okay, And you do it. But then they automatically get into shows. It was so cool and such a dream come true. And but also too to have people then pause, try to find, then spend the time searching you and then writing. That is, you know, people say, well, you gotta play shows to be legitimate. You can you can do that avenue. And it's almost like the backwards approach. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a backwards approach where you're literally getting your songs in front of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people at once. Yeah. And then they come find you and you sell them your album. It's it's like a backwards approach. Instead of you getting out in front of audiences and trying yeah. to slowly build an audience, you're getting out to a wider audience. You have a wider reach. And so I knew that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, oh, why am I doing this the hard way? I was playing shows around town and breaking my back and, <laughs> you know, trying to do all that stuff, trying to get record deals with... I found that a lot of the record deals were shysty and I thought I needed a record label. I thought because that's what everybody was doing at the time. All my friends were trying to get a record label, but I decided to go this other way and it was way more profitable and made more sense in the long run than all these other people. They're not in bands anymore. Yes. Who's still doing music? Woo, I win. Just kidding. <laughs> no, well, it's it's interesting because so you have this and you realize this, but then you took a break from yes. music. So this is kind of we're gonna go a little deep right here. We can go Are you deep. ready? This is the deep section and then it gets it gets lighter. Don't worry. There's a happy ending to the story. Yeah. Um so in two thousand eight, I actually recorded another CD. Yeah. Um, I had just gotten married like a couple years before. I just wrote a new CD. It's so like rock and roll and cool. You should listen to it actually for my generation. If you listen to old indie Heather stuff, yeah. so great. <laughs> um, and some of those songs ended up in an independent film again. So it was like, I got this momentum going. Yeah. And then um, I end up having a miscarriage like in 2008 on Easter Sunday. And It just like ripped me to shreds because people don't really talk about the fact that that can even happen. Like I was just naive. I'm like, okay, you get pregnant, you have the baby, there you go. Yeah. Have a happy life. Like I had the whole, our whole family planned out. I had this whole plan, you know, for my life at that point. The minute I saw that pregnant on the pregnancy test, I was like, oh, I got my life figured out. Like, yeah. this is what we're going to do. It's going to be so great. And uh, so it devastated me. I felt like it was like a death of a dream um, for me personally. And I had a lot of weird complications with all that. And then so that caused a lot of like post-traumatic stress for me. And I went into this deep depression. Like I couldn't get up out of bed. I was just crying all the time and um, basically just like quit doing music I'm like ah whatever yeah and um sort of got through that whole situation and 
like find out I like I end up I think it was like a year or so later I get pregnant with my son trust and I'm like super scared because I'm like what if the same thing happens again I'm like I'm not gonna get my hopes up because I know what could happen but I was like I'm gonna love this baby as long as I get to have this baby you know and I get really really sick um during my whole pregnancy, I have this thing that only like 0.8% of women get or something dumb like that. It's called hyperemesis gravidarum, which is like extreme nausea and vomiting. And I couldn't keep anything down. I was in and out of the hospital on IVs. And literally the only thing I could do to like comfort myself was like sing songs in my head. That sounds so sad. Um, And I couldn't watch TV or see light or hear sound without throwing up. So it was basically just like misery. For, you know, pretty much a year, like nine months, you know, and then uh, I finally have trust, but I end up having congestive heart and lung failure. And literally, like there was a moment where the doctor comes in and was like, you need to call her husband. She's probably not going to make it through the night. My husband, I had just had trust, was with baby trust at home. He's coming to the hospital to come see me and basically say goodbye. Um, and I, I was just like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like I did, I was not well. And so, um, I get through that and, um, it's like months of recovery because of all that I went through. And again, I'm like dealing with post-traumatic stress issues and depression. And I'm just like, and, um, really bad, like postpartum depression, which I think it all correlates together. It was just a hot mess. And so I, again, like have to put music on the back burner. And I'm just like, and I also dealt with, which I think a lot of women deal with this. When you have a baby, you're like, can I still keep doing music? And it just, it ate me up inside because I'm like, there's these two competing things like do I give up music completely and just go all in being a mom? Um, should I get my head out of the clouds? You know, whatever society tells you. But it's you. hilarious. If it was a dude, they'd be like, oh, man, you can still do it. You can still get totally, out and play. Totally. It's completely mm-hmm. okay. Your son's going to love the things that you're doing. But the do- the standard of like, well, yeah. you, know what? You, you know, can you really be a good mom if you're doing that? And it's like, oh, it's just like live my best life yeah and so that was some of the stuff I was wrestling through and I did I like I got better I was seeing a counselor um I was getting like better from the post-traumatic stress stuff and was getting in a healthier place emotionally um and walking out of a lot of the trauma and anxiety and depression that I was walking through and I actually wrote this album called Out of the Woods, which yeah. is like talking about coming out of all that. And so it was like music was my way out of yeah. that, which I think is so powerful and cool and healing that music was my ticket out. And it was the thing that I thought I had to give up, but it was always there. Like, I'm not going to stop, even in the midst of pain and heartache like you can't turn it off you know what i mean i can't turn it off i'll write a song about quitting the reason you know <laughs> i i love you as an artist as a friend is because you were dealt the most shittiest situation mm. it ain't even and you, over and yet, and, 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 and just like so many 
things that are saying the opposite in which exactly. a, a lot yeah. of people would would quit they would just be like oh they're, they're the reasons and if you told the reasons people would be oh that totally makes sense or like yeah. oh right uh, yeah, so th- heather absolutely. you get healthy like you, yeah that absolutely makes yeah. sense but the fact that you were still like no <laughs> like yeah. it's just even i on, kept and going I can't, you know i can't imagine too being told like oh yeah you're you're probably gonna die and then having yeah. to also accept that and how you said it too like i was right but like even when that didn't happen, you were like, okay, here we go. Let's just yeah. keep, let's figure this shit out. I'm going to do this. I'm going yes. to do this. You have to figure it out and you have to rally yourself in the midst of heartbreak. Are you going to let that conquer you or are you going to conquer it? You know what I mean? And I'm I'm not going to lie, like a certain moments, I wanted to stay in the pit. I call it the pit. I wanted to stay in the pit and wallow. Um, have you seen the show Made, M-A-I-D? I think you did. Did I? You know, the girl, she's like the cleaner lady on Netflix. I felt like you maybe saw it. Anyways, it's a TV show. There's this really like cool picture of her like depressed on the couch and she slides in the couch. It's like in her mind. And she is laying at the bottom of this pit. And it's such like a beautiful picture of what it's like yeah. to be in depression. Like all this stuff is happening around you, but you're in the pit. But it's like I had to like climb up out of the pit, you know, and yeah. see the light and um, be a whole figure out how to be a whole human being yeah. again. And so it took a lot, a lot, it took a lot, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of fighting um, for, you know, my own mental health. But and so trust at this point he's four four years old and i'm like oh man i am feeling good he's getting older i'm at such a good place like i could start doing music again and i do i do like i get to sing the national anthem when um president barack obama comes in town like all these big doors were opening up for me and i'm like this is my moment let's go i'm in i'm all in i'm back wouldn't you know it that <laughs> the day that I work through all of my post-traumatic stress issues, like literally I'm like, I am good. Like, I feel good. I'm I'm healed. Like, yeah, I forget all of it. No, <laughs> I find out I'm pregnant with my beautiful story, Joy. And everything that happened with trust, with the hyperemesis, yeah. gravidarum or whatever, and extreme nausea and vomiting happens again. And I'm like, oh, no. no. So I'm back in the pit, right? And I ha- I'm i just groveling. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to be real. It was hard. But I got through it. And this time I decided to bring, like, community in with me and, like, press in and not do it on my own. And And it was much better that time around. It wasn't easier, but it was better mentally. So... Anyone who's listening, get into community, get into community wherever like yeah. you're at, like have a solid community around you to support you. And um, I, we end up moving to California when Story was five months old. And I said, I'm not going to do music for a year. I'm just going to take a break and focus on Story Joy and uh, just be the best mom I can be and be fully present and everything. But I was still writing songs and I wrote this like killer song. Uh, <laughs> still think it's one of my best songs of all time. Mom Life. It's mm-hmm. like this really funny 
uh, tongue in cheek type song about yeah. mom life. And I'm like, oh, I would love to make a music video for this and just like see it go viral. It probably will. And because <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And uh, I like make this plan to make a three song CD, the life EP and mom life is on it. I end up making the music video for mom life. And it does. It goes like semi viral with all the mom bloggers. It's amazing. Like, I'm back, Mike. I am back. And I'm like, and that, and I also did that, the three song CD. Yeah. Um, I got broadcast quality recordings. Like I, I found a producer that I knew was going to give me this, the what you broadcast needed. quality yeah. to get my songs on TV shows again. That was my whole purpose. I'm like, I'm going to start small, which is three songs and start building from there. And wouldn't you know it, Mike, I sent 50 emails to music licensing companies. Mm -hmm. And I heard back from one. <laughs> just one. But that's all you need. But you it's one. one. It's that's and this is why you're great at uh and maybe we talked about this book. Uh it's The Gap and the Gain. It's by Dan Sullivan. Yeah. He talks about like there's the gap and you you either focus on that or the gain. The gain out of that is you got one contact that you need I to got have one. And it was huge. It was game changing. This was the contact that I needed. They got my songs on So You Think You Can Dance, a huge moment yeah. in So You Think You Can Dance. Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings, Dancing with the Stars Jr., uh, two songs on that show. And it was like the start again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm back in the game. I'm doing this stinking thing. And. I'm like, all right, I got to start like writing, recording and releasing a song a month. And I did my 12 songs and 12 months project. And I believe at that time was when you reached out to me. Yeah. I was like in the midst of doing that project. That was, and, uh, yeah, that was a what it was because I think I saw some of your songs on like a roster of artists. There were two that I were working with two that I was working with, how about oh, proper English, that yeah. were on North Star. And then I was kind of like searching through. <gasps> no way. And I was just like, I was like, oh, I was like, I'll listen to some of the songs. I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I could, I could totally produce. I think, you know, I don't know her, but it seems like I kind of get an idea of her from her songs of what she's like. And, you know, this could be fun. And I think we could, it, it would work well. And it did, but what I find interesting in every iteration of you picking up again, for you know whether it be the first time that you picked it up, the second time, again, the opportunities were not lacking. You know, I think you know when yep. people say like, oh, you get, you're going to miss that so opportunity, true. and I think that's the thing that they no. think music is one opportunity and one door, but there was you just walked through a series of several years of different opportunities that if you want to see it and you want to do it, you can. You can. And, and it's there. It's I'm possible. I'm living proof of that. Yeah, that's what's so exciting about it. It's not like there's this one window and then the window closes and that's it. Yeah. And because everything is online now, the doors are so much more open. It's so much easier now in this day and age than it was even when I was 17 years old. Like... It is so easy to do music well, these days. <laughs> you can release music yourself. Yeah. You can take creative control yourself, brand yourself. You can that's brand beautiful. yourself. And you're so good at that because that's your strength. And I think that's where sometimes 
it can seem overwhelming and confusing. Totally. You're very yeah. good at being clear, not only in your songwriting, but your networking, your branding, yep. your consistency all across the board. It's, and I know because since I know you, it's because you're very intentional on this is why I'm doing it. And this is what it's working towards. Like when I send a song or when Josh and I say, 100%. song's done, I know 10 seconds later, you'll be like, here's the artwork. This is when the download link is. And this is where it's going to be submitted. <laughs> and this is what's happening. And this is our, and meanwhile, Josh and I are like, cool. That's awesome. The and then we grab it. And, and here's just, the cap information. And you're, you're running you're with welcome. all of that. You're throwing in the meditate. And it's just, this is where... Do you see the stumbling blocks of people that have good intentions, but like mm. you look into their world? I want to shake them. I do, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, you are so talented. If you put a tiny bit of effort in on the business side of things that you do, even on the like songwriting yeah. side of things, then you could really, the sky is the limit. Literally, the sky is the limit. And even you can go out past the sky if you want to. You you don't even need this guy. Go to the outer space. That's what I'm doing. Literally, I hit outer space, Mike. Like one of my big dreams with music licensing is to put a down payment on a house here in Ohio because that's like one of my goals. Yeah. And music licensing is like the sprinkles on top. And I literally got a huge placement on NBC for the new show La Brea, like a promo. And they play that, you know, for two weeks. And um, now they're playing it out in Australia. And someone from Australia just Which is like amazing. discovered my music. I'm like, what? Now, if somebody's like, can I make money from licensing? I mean, you, you can agree. Like yes. a big one like that. Do you, you feel can. comfortable sharing some of the things that you've made if you give numbers? Am I allowed? I, yeah, I, okay. I think I think it is because okay. my friend Josh Doyle and I have talked about this. Every is time it, that you I say it, it, if you say it, it lets people know that it's possible. Like, you know, when Josh would tell me, like, I would tell him the, the price that I got. He would tell me the price. But it was inspiring because he was getting larger. When I was like, you can make that? That's um, possible. And he's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You want me to just yeah, share be honest. That? Yeah. $22,000. Shit. That is, that's what's correct. <laughs> Quit but your job, Heather. I just that, spiked my microphone. I'm sorry. You're going to have to edit that no, down. You're fine. But that's because it's just like, I think people have this preconceived notion that you can't make money. But it's like, so from zero shows, from recording vocals in your in your studio. In my basement studio. In your it's basement beautiful, studio. by the way, though. It's beautiful. It is great. And that was it. And through networking and making and building a contact networking. and getting something directly, you were able I, that to- That was win. a direct to music supervisor placement, people. I, I reached out and I grabbed it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't wait for something to come to me. I didn't wait for it. I went to the music licensing conference where there was going to be f only 30 artists were invited to this. And I was one of the artists. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, oh, so scary. And I'm sitting in front of like 35 music supervisors pitching my songs. Yeah. And that happened to be one of the songs. And another song that was that I pitched at this conference is going to be used in a Netflix show um, that isn't even out yet. And that's a huge placement as well. So even in show placements can be a lot of money. Really big. 
I'm like, guys, why am I and why did I believe the lie that I need to work this nine to five job that is draining me of my creativity? I mean, some of us need to have a part time job if you can't keep the full income and you don't have the context. You got to use wisdom, people. Don't just quit your job and like go willy nilly. That's bad. Bad business. But I have it. Yeah. I have the foundation. I'm good. Why am I working this job that I am literally only getting $1,200 a month for all this energy I'm putting in when I could be putting it completely into my business, you know, like doing coaching or whatever, like artist coaching or, you know, recording, writing and recording music, like do the stuff that actually fuels me. You know what I mean? And that will make big impact. What I love is now you're you're taking all of this because you're saying all these good things. You're saying like, and you have such experience, you know, as the artist knowing like, how do I make yep. this work for me? How do I start to organize things? How do I start to brand things? What do I need to research? Where do I need to go? What should yes. I be saying yes to? What should I be saying no to? And now you're pivoting and you're, you're helping others start yes, to go I into am. this realm, which is where the pivot, which I'm super excited because I've been happy to offer my classes and coach, but I have one perspective and the perspective is the producer or, or right. and just like the songwriter. And I'm just like, hey, I don't, you know, you know, when people are like, well, how do I pivot this in my artist career? And I'm just like, well, you know, that's a great question. I don't know. You know, I'm usually like, but what Let is me awesome into the direction of someone who knows. someone else <laughs> to bring you yeah. on board and now make you available to this entire community as a part of songwriting for Chara because I realize that this is the independent artist is the this is what music is. It's music has transformed and it will tra- yeah. it's constantly transforming. Look at TikTok. Do you know what I mean? There's independent artists getting millions of streams. I know one of them. He was in the Sacramento songwriter circle that I was running. He literally posted, he was in a hoodie, like hunched over, but he sang this beautiful song that he wrote. It has millions of streams. Um, he is making like income from his money, just from all from a TikTok video. Stop it. We can do this, independent artists. Let's go after it. What are you afraid of? You know? And that's interesting. What do you think most people are afraid of? What people think of them for yeah. investing in their craft. They think that people will see them as a hobbyist and not music as a career, which there are a lot of people living in the hobbyist mindset, though. We have to get into a business mindset and teach people how to look at music as a business mindset and Um, It's okay to make money from music. Um, There's this lie out there, I think, that artists can't make money or something or else you're not like really an artist. And I'm like, "Um, excuse me, the highest honor to an artist is if they can make a living and an income from their art. Like, isn't that what you want? Doesn't that give you all the validation that you need? That's what I want. Like you never hear of a hobbyist architect or a hobbyist no. plastic surgeon who dabbles for fun. You know, I'm not going to charge you that much. It's just like, that's so weird. But why is music the one that's been dubbed like 
well, you know what? You know, it's just a hobbyist. Now, it's interesting you say hobbyist mindset and business mindset. Yeah. That is a huge, you know. Shift. That is a huge shift. And I feel yep. like this is where your value as a coach comes in because a lot of people think they're in the business mindset, but there's a lot of things that they're doing. There's a lot that of things. They're kind of shooting themselves in yeah. the foot a lot of the time that they're going yeah. against it. It's so true. People think I have to do the normal touring. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they think they have to do this one track that there's only one track. I got to do touring, release an album, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but there's so many different avenues. There's there's so many avenues, Mike. Like Music has changed. It's like what you're describing has. right there is kind of like an archaic system that doesn't really... It's not working anymore. It doesn't work. And you work. have to adapt and you have to shift, especially in these COVID times. Like all of my gigs that I was doing back in 2020, like got shut down. So I had to think from a business perspective, all right, what do I need to shift my focus? How can I educate myself to start moving in that direction? So yeah. I did a bunch of music licensing classes and I invested in, in certain areas, I invested in on like my production skills and figuring out how to use logic better. And, you know, I use that downtime to write and to do co-writes like with people like you who are interconnected in another way, like you are interconnected with different people than I am. And so you're getting us other opportunities and I'm getting us mm -hmm. other opportunities, but we're doing it together as a collaboration you know yeah absolutely so, it's like we're using the best of what we both have because we're both invested in ourselves and into the craft and then when you combine both of those things together you're obviously going to get a product that does well because both people are pushing for it and haven't invested they're invested in it as opposed to you know someone doing it on their own and i think also support which is super yeah. important um as you said early on communions like when you write with someone and you have another person that's your community of songwriters too. And this is why you're just such, excuse my French, a fucking awesome coach. Because you're so good at, you look in the person, you're encouraging, but you have been thinking about this for years. Years, since decades, I was 15 where years you've old. Been, I've done radio, I've done playlists, I've done news stations, I've done so many interviews on podcasts and news outlets and I mean anything you need I've sell I've sold thousands of albums as an independent artist that's crazy the wealth of knowledge you're so good at looking at someone else and cutting this isn't working so let's stop doing this this is yeah this is who you need to be messaging and like the detail not only just mindset stuff but the business stuff of just like okay the that's details. not professional enough like that that emails yeah. long and you're Tune rambling. up your LinkedIn. Like, there's things that we need to be thinking about that I'm going to see that, uh, you know, maybe you're not going to see. Um, yeah, because that's not my world. But you are, I'm excited because you've got all this amazing stuff happening on your side. But I'm excited to have you a part of this team because you're going to be doing so much with people that if they're listening to this and they're like, I'm an artist and all the things I'm struggling with right now, I want to understand. I can break it down to in a very down to earth way. I think that's the hard thing with some coaches. 
it's like, okay, what's a performance rights organization? Um, yeah. And you just talked in all of this language that I have no clue what you're talking about. It's over my head. I'm not going to do it now because I'm overwhelmed at this point. You know, we could break it down step by step, make a really actionable, easy plan that's not going to overwhelm you. It's going to be like step by step to help people get where they want to go. You know what yeah. I mean? The only way to get to where you want to go in music is like taking one step in front of the other. And it seems painstaking, but you're going to look back over the year of us working together and be like, oh, my gosh, my career has taken off so much since like working with Heather and Mike. Like so many things have changed. The amount of large placements you've gotten just recently means you understand the networking side of what's important, what you should be saying, what you shouldn't with be more saying. more to come. Yeah, I know. It's just the surface because this is you getting back in. And it's so exciting to be like, if this is just like a little bit in. Watch out world. Here yeah, I come. And yeah. <laughs> that's what's exciting. So we're going to include the wait list because like if you're listening to this and you're like, I need to, this is something I need right now that you can get on this right now. You can get, get in contact so that we people. can get this because I'm so excited that you're doing this. This is exciting. And I'm only going to have a few slots open up. So just jump on it and get in with me because I don't know if I even just explained this in our talk because I went all over the place. But you were good. Something that I am mega passionate about is encouraging other musicians because I know how hard it was for me as an independent singer songwriter, I had people with me on the journey. And now it's my turn to be like, hey, you can do it. Like, don't give up. Keep going. You know, um, all right, let's turn, let's make a, a right right here. That, <laughs> you you're know? so good at the encouragement sandwich because I feel like you give the encouragement, but then there's just like, okay, so let's talk about no, 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 no. You can't pitch this because look at your metadata. Meta what? Yep. Yeah, let's, just, let's let's dive into this right now. Yeah. And it's like, but it's you're so good at breaking down those business chunks that if you want to see this happen, you can, but you're gonna to have to understand this. You're gonna to have to do this, but I'm gonna walk you through it. I'm gonna explain yep. why this is important. And you're good at getting people with systems in place. Cause most of the time when people yes. are struggling, it's because when you're like, Well, what's your system? How do you do this? Well, I don't really you don't have one, so that's they don't. why. You're yeah. so good at developing them and showing them how to implement a system so that this can be a continual thing because good coaches don't show once, but they show this is how it is and this is how you replicate it and do it. Yeah. And this is why it's important. Exactly. And you're so good at that. And I'm just excited to see people that are feeling frustrated understand that oh, here were the shifts I needed to make and why. Yeah. And then it just gets them back on track. And not only does it get them back on track for results, but they feel better. Yes. And, that's, and then it's a ripple effect because then they look for others that they can do the same thing because yeah. that's Domino how you're effect. always yep. going to keep on progressing because the ones that do it well no, understand that music is a wealth of opportunity. Like what we do licensing we can't write all the songs for every single show, every single season, everything out there. There's so many missed opportunities that people are looking yep. for their songs, the songs they've yet to write. They have to know how to approach them, get in contact and present it in the right way. And that's where you come in and so you're true. so damn 
good at that. And I'm excited, Heather. I'm thrilled. Oh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, let's conquer some of these myths, people, and get after it together and not be afraid anymore. Like, what would happen if you just went for it and kept going? You know, what would happen? You'd probably be in a much happier place by the end, at least, you know, because you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing. So that's what I'm here to do. And I can't wait. Heather, you're awesome. And thank you for chatting. That's right. Heather Evans is joining the Songwriting for Guitar team. And I'm so excited because she's going to be coaching. She's going to be advising when it comes to licensing. If you're an artist that's just getting started or you've been an artist and you feel like you're spinning your wheels, guess what? That's why Heather is there. She's going to help give insight. What are the things you should be working on? She's going to look into your world and be like, no, that's pointless. Don't do that. You don't need this. She's going to advise you how you can fast track your growth right now. So here's what you need to do. Go to songrankforguitar.com, click coaching, and then click down to Heather Evans for a one-on-one -on -one session. That's right. She's going to meet you on Zoom, advise you. You'll get a roadmap. And guess what? You're going to feel way better because you had someone who has done this. Someone who has done this well, has gained the knowledge and experience, and is going to pass that on to you. Believe me, that is worth so much. So songrangforguitar.com, click coaching, and then book your session with Heather, because believe me, those are going to get picked up very quickly. That does it for this week's episode. It was Ed In, produced by Chris Vefalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.